You're listening to a Mash Those Buttons production. Visit us at mashthosebuttons.com. Hey there, welcome to episode 123 of Push the Point, presented by the Mash Those Buttons Podcast Network, your source for Overwatch League news, player updates, storylines, and more for the Overwatch League in this offseason between seasons four and five. We're in the last day. I mean, no, we're out of. We have finished the last days of Overwatch 1, so there's plenty of stuff to talk about. I'm your host, Ramses, with my buddy Labosco. As always, follow us on Twitter at pushpointpod, at Labosco, at Ramses underscore W. Leave us a review on iTunes. Send us an email at pushthepointgmail.com. Labosco, it's been a busy week. Um, I I never think about how busy the offseason is until I go back through and I just look at the amount of stuff to cram in the sheet. Uh, quite quite a big, I guess not start to the offseason, but the offseason is like full steam ahead right now. Yeah, there, there's a lot of player movement happening. For some people, I guess they're surprised. For me, Ramses, I'm not surprised. We're literally entering into unknown territory or uncharted territory. The game is changing, going to 5v5. So e- even the position that'll be the most similar in DPS is going to change drastically. So it- it's hard to know who's going to be good right now and who's not going to be good when we go to 5v5. So a lot of flux is happening as a result. And and I think it's maybe catching some people off guard because of that. I mean, you and I have talked about a couple times, right? I'm someone who's like, man, I just want everyone to have a job. I want everyone to get a chance. So I'm, I always react to surprise when like anybody gets released. But like, it's the course of the game. And right now, even rosters that we thought like were 100% solid, weren't going to change anything, are going to make some alterations going into Overwatch 2. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of changes. And here's the thing, too. Like, if you think about when the the offseason... Um, rosters have to be solidified compared to when the season starts um things are going to change maybe even during the time where where like you think you you know what a roster is going to be and then it might be completely different by the time that the roster lock-ins have to happen so mm-hmm. there's a lot of room for things to change so it, it it's this is going to probably be the most chaotic and um I'm trying to think of another word for it, but most uh, chaotic and uh, up and down off season we're going to see because there's going to be some point where, where teams are going to get their hands on early builds of 5v5 of Overwatch 2 mm-hmm. and their perspective on certain players might change completely before the season starts and they might be picking up some other players, releasing some players, who knows. For sure. We're actually going to do some roster... I guess some roster crafting of our own in a little bit. Um, we're going to kind of put together some stuff with what we have, but we have a couple things to check on before we get there. Um, we didn't catch up on this last week, so we want to make sure we tagged on it uh, today. Um, there's been some more developments as far as Activision Blizzard um, with the um, current lawsuits from different parties. Um, reminder again that we have been, I think, at least three months at this point and Activision Blizzard still has not recognized or acknowledged or done anything as far as employee uh, demands regarding the different lawsuits, and sexual harassment situations. Um, but a couple of weeks ago, the a couple of weeks ago, Activision Blizzard um, 
agreed to put aside $18 million um, for affected employee, affected employees um, after specifically the an EEOC investigation. I guess th- this was in response to the, um, to the equal employment, pretty much the, the original um, lawsuit. Um, and so they had agreed to settle for $18 million, which is pennies on the dollar realistically for what is kind of owed here or for what is actually available. Um, and they, Lebowski, you might be able to better kind of put this than I do, but so pretty much they've put, they've agreed to settle for $18 million, which is really nothing at all. Um, and then the California department of fair employment and housing has filed an objection, objection to that settlement, um, because it would cause irreparable harm to ongoing legal, legal proceedings. Apparently there are, there are parts of that settlement, which allow them to shred documents containing evidence of like the things that are held forward in the suit. Well, and there's other lawsuits against Activision Blizzard that this lawsuit sort of, um, uh, Basically, th- this can jeopardize, I guess, some of those other lawsuits, I-, I guess, is maybe part of the way you sort of look at this. But the the point of it is, is like this definitely does feel like a-, a rush to a settlement to something that really. What does it really do? Right. Mm-hmm. What what really changes here? And I think there's no better way to look at this than to look at a better Activision Blizzard or a better ABK, the, the Twitter. That is, you know, employees, uh, former employees and current employees that that are expecting, you know, change from Activision Blizzard. They still haven't seen that. There's Mm. a there's a pin tweet about, you know, Bungie taking steps to make sure that things like this don't happen for them. Right. Um, And that 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 they push the 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 community, uh, um, the the game development industry forward where a better ABK. They haven't seen that. They haven't had any of their demands from employees be met. So th- there's also a lawsuit by employees as well. That is still something that's ongoing too. That isn't going to be resolved just because of that, right? Th- there's mm-hmm. a lot to happen that that's going to have to be paid attention to still because there are still mul- like there's. I still think there's like two more lawsuits too that are yes. going against a better ABK as well. Maybe it's. I, it's hard to sort of keep track of all of them now is the funny part, right? Like we've entered into this point where it's like now keeping track of everything is, is the harder thing to do right now than to, to, um, to know like what exactly is going on with each. And, and of course with lawsuits, sometimes they can move really slow too, which mm-hmm. doesn't help things as well. So, so there's a lot to, to pay attention to right now that, the, the most important thing, though, whether you're paying attention to the lawsuits or not, is pay attention to what the employees are saying. Yes. And the employees are saying things are things are not going in a direction that they like. We might eventually enter into a point where we had a walkout before. Maybe we have something more uh, extremes, not the right word, but something more. um Something from the employees that that shows a little bit more solidarity and, and maybe forces the hand a little bit more of Activision Blizzard, right? Like, like I th- I feel like we're moving towards that if their 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 demands are continued to not be met. Mm-hmm. And 
it's interesting to continue watching this and it's still like, I would have imagined. I just really would have thought at this point when I like, when I would expect them to acknowledge it, I don't think I don't expect the company to ever be like, you know what? You're right. We're wrong. We screwed up. We're going to fix this. They're never going to make a statement like that, but I would have, I would have expected some sort of milk toast. Like we realize there are like, we realize there are problems and we're working on stuff or nope, nowhere is perfect and we're making things better. Like I would have expected some sort of like, I'm really just surprised there hasn't been any sort of acknowledgement so far. It feels like one of those things like Lobo, I don't know if you ever have this with like a work project or like with a school project where like you're on a group project and you're supposed to do something and you text the group like, all right, so who's going to do this? And then nobody responds. Yeah, and then the, we keep going in time and time, and just no one's ever taking care of it because no one actually wants to be the person to do it. Well, and and how much of an acknowledgement of a better ABK has there really been too? Right, like, oh, like yeah, like there's been like no acknowledgement of this collective of employees that have gotten together, right? Yeah, and and I think that's sort of disappointing as well. And if you look at it, there's a lot of employees, you know, and, and even people who aren't employees of Blizzard that follow a better ABK like like compared you can compare this to to um, a better Ubisoft, which is another account that is current and former Ubisoft employees demanding, you know, changes. Um, which that is still, you know, they're still looking more for that. There was a post just 10 hours ago from a better Ubisoft of um, no response to their demands as well. They only mm-hmm. have 2000 um followers on theirs right so there's 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 something to be said for the activision blizzard side of this because there's a lot more eyes on what their movement is that can help something like what the employees are trying to do at ubisoft right so so a lot rides on this from a a grander perspective than just activision blizzard right because if activision blizzard employees get through to to the to the leadership of Activision Blizzard, that it sets a precedent. It sets a precedent, and it yeah. also helps people like Ubisoft employees, because now you have this company in you know Blizzard, one of the biggest companies in gaming. That if they succumb to this, it means a lot, right? It helps build the the cases. This helps build momentum these other groups that are trying to do the same thing they've and a couple notes about the objection as well from what i can gather filing an objection doesn't actually like you're putting a claim for but like hey this isn't good this needs to be changed or like we're not cool with this going forward but it's still up to um the judge whichever legal body is presiding over this to whether or not they even like accept that objection also this is the same group that filed an objection when Riot had um, similar lawsuits earlier, either last year or in like in recent history. Yeah, th- th- there's um, there's a growing collective, right? And, and Riot, I don't think is is at the end of everything that it's seeing either. Like, like I know that there's there's more going on with that than maybe what um, people might know as well. So th- that's another company to be paying attention to as far as this as well. But but definitely a better ABK is the one we're going to be playing the closest attention to, obviously, because of, uh, you know, what game we cover. Most definitely. 
and we'll continue to stay up on it um as we move forward uh i'm still like i'm still baffled that like there hasn't even you would even think like some sort of like public post well trying to condemn or minimize it I, I knew that Fr- I know that Fran Townsend kind of crapped the bed and like made a statement before the company can make a statement. And that kind of poisoned the well a little bit, but like, I'm just still so surprised there hasn't been any sort of comment at all. Well, you've got to think about it. There, there's momentum that's been lost and, and the momentum has been lost because of time, right? That's the strategy for a lot of these companies is just let time pass. And eventually somebody's going to run out of steam, right? Mm-hmm. Employees are going to run out of steam. It's going to get a lot more difficult to to stay in this this path, especially when your livelihood sort of depends on everything, right? Mm-hmm. You look at... You, let's just take a look at, like, um, sporting leagues, right? You know, we're, we're talking millionaires here. And generally, it's the owners eventually who will win out mm-hmm. in, in almost all those cases, right? Because they have the finance, they have the financial capability, or I guess the financial resources, to where they can afford to wait out. Right, and and not that that these millionaire players don't necessarily have that, but the, you you have to think about the guys at the lower end. Like a good example of this is the NFL, right? Like the NFL, if you're a guy who, who's a top name guy, right, you're not hurting. You're somebody who could go the long haul on a holdout, right? But if you're a guy who's at the end of a 53-man roster, you're making pretty good money. You're making six figures, but you're not making millions of dollars. And you have a full, you know, most of these guys come from from impoverished areas for the NFL. They have families to support. So the the big thing is, is you can't let the bottom fall out. And and if that happens, then you've lost. So so that's something to pay attention to with this as well is, is you know, people who are in QA and stuff like how how are the people in higher up positions, you know, maybe not in management, but higher up positions in these companies? How are they how are they going about this in keeping, you know, the people at the bottom, which is weird because I feel like it's the sort of the opposite way right now where the people at the bottom are the ones that are the most vocal and the ones really pushing and the people kind of closer to the top are the ones not saying as much. In yeah. this sort of a situation. So it's not exactly the same, but it's still something that matters that the bottom, you know, if the bottom falls out, then it's all over. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, We'll continue to, like I said, we continue, we'll continue to be on top of this as we move forward with this, Um, continuing to try and give you whatever resources that we can come across, whatever events that come forward Um, in kind of, the saga with these things. I really, I'm interested where things go from here. Cause like you said, it's, it's a waiting game definitely from corporate as far as how much they can just continue to push things. And if they can continue to let the air kind of leak out of the balloon, eventually stuff kind of will, the pressure will be off of them entirely. Well, and, and you had a, a fairly good release of Diablo two resurrected, right? So that mm-hmm. gets people thinking about that more than, than what's going on with, with the other employees. Right. Well, uh, they've, they've definitely been ramping up like Overwatch 2 coverage as well. We saw like a bunch of Overwatch 2 pro player um, footage that was released recently as well. Exactly. It, it, like, obviously, they want to, to sell their new product anyway, but this is also keeping attention on away from what's happening outside of that for, you know, Activision Blizzard. 
So it's it's a two pronged thing that works out in their favor. And and I, I've got to say there, there's definitely people who have lost steam and aren't paying enough attention. And that's sort of why we wanted to do this every week as well, though, yeah. because, you know, maybe we don't have the largest voices, but we have a voice. Mm-hmm. So and and more voices is always better than no voices. Most definitely, sir. Um, moving into a large week of Overwatch League releases, signings, and free agency announcements. Um, we're going to try and go through these pretty quick because we have um, some fun stuff to do at the end of the episode. So um, I think we're just kind of going by team. These are a little bit like we'll go into them where they need to kind of go into. Um Last week, we talked about Paris kind of dropping a good chunk of their roster. Um, this week, uh, Avala, their general manager, confirmed that they're they're going to be building around the core of Naga, Don, Khan, and Dridro for next season. So you're looking at like one DPS returning, one tank, um, and then your support duo. Um, I'm wondering, I'm interested in what Paris is going to do next season, if they're going to still try and go around a similar strategy with like trying to get lower cost players. Um, since they, again, it's not that they don't have the money to spend. It's more that they are not interested in spending the money. Yeah. What? I don't care what they say about having enough money or not. That's not what it's about. So like you said, it's whether or not they want to go after players that maybe will be a little bit more high profile or not. Um, from the fact that they're doing an open tryout, that leads me to believe that they're going to do a similar approach to what they did last year. Yeah, I would agree. Um, some news out of the Shanghai dragons camp. They posted a tweet that confirmed the confirmed the contracts of a bunch of, their, I think of their starting eight, not starting eight players, just of the eight players that are still on their roster. Um, so everybody that we saw this last year is coming back. Um, Void is has been extended under a team option. Fate is under contract for another year. Fleta and Lije Gon have both been extended for a year. Lip is still under contract, as is Izayaki. And then Molly and Who Are You have been extended. Um, I forgot Molly was on this team. <laughs> yeah. Molly's an Overwatch League world champion. Congrats to Molly. I completely forgot. <laughs> yeah, Who Are You is also, right? I so, mean, if you if you had said that who are you would be an Overwatch League champion like a couple of years ago, people would have been like, oh, yeah, for sure. But I don't think they would have thought it would be like this situation necessarily. Well, of course. I mean, when you look at it like Shanghai, you had your six players that were played every game. Mm-hmm. That was it. Like, like you weren't really going to see anybody else. So, yep. Um, obviously, things are going to change a lot here once we enter into 5v5. But I think they're still... Like you keep void and fate like you kind of cover most of the tanks that you're worried about. So I think this makes a lot of sense. Like Fleta and Lip are all world. Um, You know, is who are you being kept then too? Yeah. He's so, under option for another year. So, so like who are you might thrive in the sort of environment that 5v5 brings. Like I actually think that keeping somebody like who are you makes a lot of sense, right? Mm-hmm. Ultra aggressive player. Um, if our indication from what we've seen of, of Genji in Overwatch 2 is any, anything like, who are you is still one of the greatest Genjis of all time. 
yeah, makes sense to keep him on your roster. Um, Iziaki's a monster. Lee Jagan's a monster. Um, and then void, like I said, void and fate. They just they fill out what you need from tanks so well. And I wouldn't put it past void to learn, you know, former main tank heroes to just be the guy. And then fate has like, you know, fits fits a niche on your team. Fate's like your Winston guy and your ball guy. Right, exactly. Yeah. Um, Boston Uprising made a pretty big announcement that they are parting ways with Stand One, Myunbong, Color Hex, and I'm 37. Uh, Fusions, who's been the captain of that team for a long time, uh, main tank player for them as well, um, announced that he will be retiring. Um, not crazy surprising when you really look at it. Um, I think it's... it was Boston had like an okay year, but definitely not where I think the expectations were. I think I kn- they wanted to finish more towards the upper. I mean, they want to finish in the best position possible, but I think the, like the best case scenario for them was like up towards the middle of like that, the, the higher end of that middle pack. And it just did not work out. It didn't, it didn't get there. I think I'm mostly surprised that out of all these guys, you really thought that Myunbong would be one of them to stay in. Maybe, but, did, did Myunbung do anything really to impress you this year? He still had really great moments this year, but definitely I think he shown out a little bit less because he wasn't like the lone bright spot on that team. Like Valentine had a couple moments. I'm 37 had a couple moments. Like it wasn't like he was the only decent part of that team. I just think when, when you compare him to the rest of the league, he didn't show up the way you wanted him to like, like he didn't even make the top 30 or, or top 20 in power rankings as far as supports. Right. And you look at like the guys who were at the top and, and, and uh, the teams that were successful, their guys were all in the top 10 somewhere. So mm-hmm. I, I think it makes a lot of sense to sort of move on from him. It, you know, he's still a young guy. There's still potential for him, but if you're Boston, it's not necessarily a bad move to maybe go in a different direction. Yeah. I think I'm just interested to see where like the pivot is, like who they pivot into. Huck's always been someone who has a pretty good eye for flex supports. Um, so I do wonder who, I wonder who else they bring in. I think I'm just really curious. Yeah. The, um, the, the, it's, it's very, the, there's a lot of options for them. Um, I think, this could be a very interesting year for Boston, if anything, um, especially with what's all available as of right now. You know, I think there's a lot of talent out there. And I think if anything, the thing that teams should be focusing on more is what is the ceiling of this guy? Um, so we can see what is what he is when 5v5 happens, right? Like, what's his potential? Um, look for those higher ceilings, because right now. Nobody knows what the floor is because nobody knows the game. Yeah. Looking ahead, um, speaking of available talent, the uh, New York Excelsior have parted ways with a considerable number number of people on that team um, with Yakpung, Kalios, Bianca, Feather, and Guangbung. Um, Jonak, um, Jonak, we had heard the most testing free agency. Um, they have since confirmed that he will not be rejoining the team. So currently, their only player on the roster is Flora. So the rebuild for this year. Oh, Friday's gone too. It looks like Friday wasn't included in that in that announcement. It looks like, but um, 
or maybe I just looked wrong. But yeah, so Friday is gone too. The only person who's on the team right now is Flora. Um, this last year's rebuild didn't work. They're going to be starting from scratch. Uh, I'm interested to see if they stick with bringing in the young, like the young roster again, try it a second time, or maybe they go for a little bit more. I mean, I say that, but like Yakpung was like, has a history with the game. So does Kalios. So does Bianca. Like I, I again, curious to see where the rebuild come, like what direction the rebuild goes with this team. Yeah, it, it's a little bit of surprise that that, you know, Jonak isn't the guy you're going to build around. I guess uh, he's still a very highly productive player. So I, I think that was a little bit of a surprise. Um, you know, he's still a top 10 guy. I think he can slot into a team and do really well. Well, it sounded like more like he was interested in pursuing other other stuff, which which makes sense. But at the same time, if you're the New York Excelsior, just because somebody decides that's what they want to do, you have the ability to make that not happen, right? Uh, mm-hmm. it, it, you put enough money in front of somebody that you can change their mind. Yeah, I do. And again, maybe it's that they weren't. There's. I'm. I've just. I thought maybe they're not interested in spending as much money, or maybe he. Who knows? We do not know the inside of the organization, but yeah. like. It's interesting to think like this is the guy for New York. Like this was when you thought of New York Excelsior, there were two people you thought of. And if it wasn't SBB, if it wasn't Sabiobi, who we'll talk about in a second, it was Jonak. Yeah. And and now that's gone. And and thus the the vicious cycle of professional sports continues. Right. Um, yep. All must all great things must come to an end. Right. The only um, person from season one still on their original team, by the way, there's only one of them, is Super. That's crazy to think about, that only Super is with their original team. Uh, it doesn't feel like it's been that long, but we're, we're at year five now we're heading we're into. Gonna be st- yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, I thought maybe we'd have one or two more at this stage, but only one. It's pretty wild. Uh, London Spitfire have announced that they are releasing, to put it bluntly, everybody but Shax and Sparker. Um, Blase is gone, Hybrid's gone, Hottie, Molfig, Kellex, and Ripa are all gone. Um, so is Fisher, who is their head coach. Um, so it's a fun little preview of the Vancouver Titans 2022 roster, if you're looking at it. Um, I don't know, man. I, again, expert, like, clearly this team needs a redo this need this needs a makeover but i can't help but feel bad a little bit considering where this team was before overwatch league season four started and how things turned out for them over the course of the season who thought they were going to be a good team though who honestly thought they were going to be a good team anybody who did is just kidding themselves right there or they just don't know what they're talking about there are plenty of people who put them in that low like at the top of the lower card i didn't even have them there with the caveat that like, oh, well, like they'll hit, they'll get a really good comp for one of the tournaments and they'll do really well. You, you can't think that though. Like that's, that's why people don't have certain jobs because mm-hmm. that's what gets you in last place or second to last place. Doesn't matter. That's what puts you at the bottom of the league. It's plain and simple as that. 
I feel bad for somebody like Fisher who had to come in there and, and they had to try and he had to try and, and turn around what was already a bad season, right? Mm-hmm. I feel bad for him. Um, doing something like that is easier said than done. A hundred percent. It is not something that's going to just happen overnight. So I, I, I feel really bad that is one opportunity uh, comes at the expense of, of a season that was already not going well at all. And now he finds himself out of a job. That sucks. Yep. Um, I, I still don't understand what they thought they could get out of this roster. Like that, that's the part. And it's not like I dislike everybody on that team or the players that they've let go. But anybody who watched the construction of that roster, you didn't think they had a chance to beat the teams that were above them. Well, and there was a similar strategy. Not similar, but like their their strategy in season three with like the replacement London team of like, hey, like this is that this is the second year in a row where they brought in a bunch of contenders guys on cheap contracts. Yeah, but, Um, but at least that other roster, you saw the potential to compete with other teams. They beat mm-hmm. some teams last year with that roster, right? Like, you had guys, look at Glister. Glister had a rough part of his season because everybody was on him because Aspire got one headshot on him. Glister actually had a pretty good season last year. Mm-hmm. And his team makes it to what? The, the fourth place team, I think the, the shock ended up being, right? Yep. And, and Glister was very good in the playoffs, right? It was him and Nero. So you didn't even see Ons. Did you even see Ons in the playoffs? Not much at all. And in part, it was because hit scan wasn't as important. But still, that's the point, right? Like they were able to get with Glister that far, right? You at least saw on London's roster that previous year, like great potential. Like like now, now Shaxx and Sparker, maybe, but they're on two way. They're on two way contracts anyways. So mm-hmm. so obviously, if you are pretty high on them, are you going to keep them on two-way contracts? I think it's just – I think it's more symptomatic of I get the sense from watching from watching London's management style over the past couple of years that they just have not been interested in putting in the amount of actual – like putting in for the players that it would take to actually compete at a decent level. Okay. Well, if that's the case – That's, what, that's then, what I mean more specifically. Is it, that like they haven't been in, – they have not seemed interested in doing anything else besides let's get a bunch of contenders players on cheap contracts. Hope we get a couple hits and then see if anything that happens. If, if that's the case, then this is what's going to keep happening. Yeah. Right. L- like th- this should be the expectation. You're going to be in the bottom half of the league. You're not going to make playoffs. You're not going to make a tournament. That's just going to keep happening. Right. Unless you get extremely lucky. You're, you're banking on so much going right for you. And this is this is not condemning Neki at all, because we don't know what she's allowed to do. Mm-hmm. So the the way to look at this is okay. They don't seem to want to spend a lot of money. Well, these are the results you're going to get now. Char- Sparker and Shacks, you know, they had decent moments here and there, but they how many? Listen, you won w- one game the entire year, one game. Mm-hmm. At least the roster you had the year before was able to win multiple games. Mm-hmm. That, and that was a roster that I think also people expected less of, too. Which, again, the the roster the year before was the better roster. I don't understand why people thought more was going to happen this year when it was a worse roster. That still my guy, blows my mind. 
my guy out here is a Cleston stan and don't forget. I'm not a Cleston um, stan. I'm just I I have eyes. No, I understand. Um is even then there were still moves with like they picked Ber- like Bernard was somebody who how up like who had like a decent bit of clout coming out of contenders. Glister was somebody who had a decent bit of clout coming out of contenders. Like there were still picks with that team where you lo- they looked like they were pushing for something. Although and Sanguinar were part of O2 Blast. Mm. What did O2 Blast do this year in contenders? I mean, this year they're like the best team in Korean contenders. Yeah. Yeah. And and and, and Two of those players, they were inactive, but they were still part of the team, were were those two, right? Now, those two weren't the reason why they were great, but they still were people that O2Plast had on their roster, at least for a little bit. Bernard managed to, to get somewhere with the Spark, right? Not not that mm-hmm. the, the Spark wasn't great this year, but Glister, San Francisco Shock, fourth place. Jihun made it onto the charge, right? Like Most yep. of these players went somewhere else, in you know whether it was in d2 you know in 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 contenders or whether it was somewhere in um the overwatch league um some players didn't even end up being players right like j mac goes in and becomes actually a pretty good coach but still by the way from what i saw i think they've promoted j mac to head coach for paris eternal if that's the case that's impressive uh yeah good for him very good for him uh, he he's a guy who's worked his butt off and 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 they like going young with coaches, too, which is crazy um, to see like a 20 year old guy being a head coach is, well, and is nuts to me. As the res- as the podcast's resident get amazed, Stan, it did seem a little interesting that they were that. I, the the narrative, of course, that I am impl- that I self imply was that oh well, like get amazed probably wanted a a little a higher figure, so we're gonna cut out from under and we'll just go get J Mac instead. So, and that's me supposing. I don't know if it, like I have no way of confirming if that's true or not. But like, you're well, right. No, they they like going young with coaches. It's or maybe they're just that high on J Mac too, right? Hey, I, I would love that for that to be the case. I want J Mac to do well. Mm-hmm. J Mac and the boys is my favorite meme of 2020 when during that season. Um, so yeah, Van- also Vancouver Titans have dropped their entire roster. Shocker, not a su- not a surprise at all. Um, yeah, I think it's just a it's a little bit of a bummer to see for a guy like it's not surprising. I guess when I look at this, I just really wish that we could have capped off Linkser's career with like on a better note. Um, I because I, I really wanted to see that guy do well, but uh, yeah, everyone's gone. Um, the only person I've seen have any sort of like buzz isn't the right word, but the only person I've seen in like conversations that people like have tried to like on Twitter say should go somewhere is Chongsik, which of course like people like Lobo we we get we get there every year with this like oh well he didn't. Re- if it's not it's not him, but it's always someone else. Like, oh well, he didn't really get a chance, or like, oh well, like it was a bad in format, or like, oh, it's like, we'll see if he gets anywhere. Um, he might have a better chance in five v five. Who knows? Um, who knows? It, here's the thing that always I, I don't understand: if you're a team like Vancouver, why didn't we see more of Ch- Chansik? Right? What what did you have really going for you that you couldn't play him more? I mean, he was there. No, he came in like the last third of the season, remember? Because yeah. he took over when Shredlock retired. 
Right. But 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 my point is, is like, why did it take so long? Right. Oh, why did for him to get in the league? Yeah. No, I agree with you there. And and to play. Sure. You saw him the last third after a player retires. But like, you know what I mean? Well, because like, I think they brought him in. Did they? I can't remember. Yeah, because they brought him like so his official join date is like three days after Shredlock retired. That's right. I. It's always so tough when you get brought into a situation where like a team doesn't feel like they can win. Mm. Well, he's brought in in May. So he was there a good chunk of the season, I guess. I got to yeah, admit, brought- the, the games I watched that I paid attention to the least were the Vancouver games because they were just and and London game. Like I yeah. watched them, but was I watching them with, with the same focus and intent that I watched other games? No. Um, I would, I would. So the other person who I, okay. I don't know if Fred, I don't think Fred Wiener gets a team. I don't know if he gets on another roster. I want someone to hire him as a streamer because that guy's hilarious. And his whole online persona is really fun to watch. Yeah. Well, it's, he's playing as himself or as Tom Brady 69 with his, with his Birkenstocks and socks and his high waters. Um, That's pretty great. Fried Wiener Fridays, but I'd like to see him get some sort of role somewhere. It's like what I was saying for paintbrush last year, right? I really wanted paintbrush to get like a streamer spot or like an ambassador spot with a team. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd like to see, I would, I would like to continue to see fried Wiener, the player in my social sphere for overwatch league. Right. I don't think you, he's going to get another roster, but I would like to still see him be part of something. You want to see that personality around still. Yeah. Same thing with paintbrush, right? Same thing with Linkser too. I don't think Linkser is going to really get a shot anywhere, but I would still love to see him active doing something. Uh, he's a, he's another he's a player though. Like when I'm looking at five v five, I'm looking a little bit more closely at him because he's a guy who might thrive. And, and you talk about a great Genji player and a great just player all around. With you think about how how the game used to be and and where it's starting to go when you have five v five, I'm paying a little bit more attention to how Lingzer um does when he gets his hands on Overwatch two, mm-hmm. and he hasn't retired yet, so I'm just saying he's he's considered he's put out the statement of like I'll put out something in a little bit I'm still figuring out what I'm gonna do so we'll see if you're a player you got to see what you can do in five v five. Oh yeah, it's it's definitely worth it is worth the look. We've already seen a couple of players say like I'm retiring, I'm going to coach and then kind of walk that back and be like actually, I'm going to try and play again. So, we'll see. Um mm-hmm. Soul Dynasty have parted ways with four players, uh Sabiolbi, Marvel, to you and Animo. Um Sabiolbi has officially announced his retirement. Um He's the only one I've seen so far that hasn't posted anything about like going into coaching. I, it sounds like he's just kind of going to be like he's going to be moving on to other things with his life. Um, yeah, he kind of just said that he he's not sure what where where uh, things are going to take him next. Like what what's his next story he's going to write? I think it was his yeah. wording. So, uh, it sucks because again, five v five, we might see a whole resurgence of guys like Savio. Mm-hmm. You don't know. I it. It's unfortunate that he's retiring. Um, he's a guy who means a lot specifically to the Overwatch League um, as a whole. Uh, you think about some of those early NYXL teams and, and how fun they were and how fun it was to see 
the dominance that they would have. And, and Sable, Sabe was a big part of why that happened. So, and just personality wise, he's one of the best personalities Overwatch has. Mm-hmm. He is one of the greats of this game. I know like there's maybe not necessarily like the championships there that we talked about like last week with like for our, our considerations for like best of the best of the best. But this guy's still a Hall of Famer. Like when you talk about somebody who embodies like what pro Overwatch is, what a DPS player is, what like a team, what a team captain and personality is like it's SBB. 100%. There was, there was like some really touching stuff from Flower. Mm hmm. Um, that like was making Sabiel be cry and stuff. And like, I forget, like Sabiel's like, you're making me cry or something. And, and Flower's like, of course. And it, it was just, it was a really, it was a really touching tweet um, that I saw. Uh, but like, that's how much he, I, I kind of go, it, it kind of takes me back to them in the playoffs and, and Sabiel being Flower holding hands, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that guy meant a lot to a lot of players who played with him. So it it sucks we didn't get to see him in his final season. But, you know, it's the way it goes sometimes. Let's remember, this guy was the best in the world. Like, I don't even, not even the best Tracer. I think the best DPS player. I granted, all you had to play was Tracer back then. Like, this guy was the best DPS player in the world for a substantial amount of time. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. He is somebody who will, yeah, I cut you off. No, you're right. He's someone who will definitely be missed going forward. Um, we'll talk about the other retirements in a second. Chengdu Hunters have officially announced that they are parting ways with Late Young. Um, a couple of months ago, I think this would have kind of been like a nothing burger a little bit. I think people would have been like, ah, bummer for that guy, but like expected. With this, I think he exits the team on such a better note than he would have like a couple months ago. Um, we talked about this guy being our comeback player of the year. Like he, you and I have talked about it. This guy went from being a Zarya one trick to being a very strong diva and playing a bunch of, playing a bunch of other off tank roles really well. And really kind of just being a solid portion of that Chengdu hunters playoff run. Yeah. Uh, very important to their team. He ended up being, which I, I don't think anybody really saw coming. So it, it's really cool to see that happen. Um, it, it does suck though that, that, uh, you would think that maybe they would maybe want to keep him around. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really curious to see what, if he continues to play or, or what he decides to do, because I mean, he was a guy who, who I think he himself was considering retiring before Elsa did. Yeah. There was all that buzz earlier that like. Amber Halo being like, they're going to release late young. They are about to release late young. And then Elsa retired. It's like, never mind. We're going to backpedal that. Actually, we are not going to release it late young or that's not going to happen anymore. So it's, it's a little bum. It's a bummer to see that guy kind of get back and forth pushed as far as like the last couple of months, but to see the kind of, if the, if that was his swan song, I think it was a really good note for him to end things on, but I hope that we continue to see more of him. Yeah. I hope so too. Um, Meanwhile, Liga is on Hangzhou Spark right now, doing nothing but just taking up space. So if Chengdu is interested, send out a note, please. Go grab that guy. Something's got to happen, right? I don't know, man. Chengdu is the king of let's grab a really promising player, 
a really promising Chinese player and just sit him on the bench and not have him do anything. So, speak. Oh, cold, dude. Coldest to Boston could happen. That is interesting. There's a lot um, that could happen. L.A. Gladiators have confirmed that Kevster is re-signing for the next season. Um, yeah, good. Needs to happen. Guy was literally like the best player, if not the second best player on your team the entire season. Him and like, Bur- him and Birdring were an awesome duo. Um, yep. It sucks because obviously Birdring retired, so you don't have Birdring Kevster again. Which, uh, man, again, another guy that I'm sad to see going. Uh, he's this he is, is like integral. Everybody- Everybody from these eight from the Apex days is finally kind of bowing out. Um, there is a really good Twitter thread. I don't remember who posted it, and I'll have to find it for the show notes. That was talking about like what all the people, like what a lot of the Korean players from the past couple of seasons who have retired are now doing. Um, and it's really interesting about they talk about some people going into community um, into their military service. I think Mecco is in doing military service right now. Apparently doing um, really well for himself too, like right now, like like health wise too. So that's always yeah. good to hear. Um, but so there were there were concerns about Birdring retiring at the end of season two. Um, in the there was a very touching video that the Gladiators put up. Like I think exactly what you would want to see for somebody who is as impactful as Birdring. Um, where he went, he went on the record and said, like, I was really debating retiring, like, at the end of season two. I didn't know if I want to come back and that, like, I wouldn't have been able to do this if it wasn't for, like, the staff and the team with the Gladiators. And you saw his teammates get emotional. People, like, I mean, Kester's kind of not like a stone wall, but we don't see a lot of emotion from Kester most of the time. And, like, the dude was broken up, like, asking, like, so he's really retiring? Like, yep. and not, not wanting to believe it. Like, so like, so it's like, he's for sure retiring and like getting, like getting caught up in it. Um, well, it, it, I wasn't a fan of that. Cause I don't like the fact that like you tell the guy on like, Hey, Hey, we're doing this video for bird ring. So we're going to tell I, you right now that he's retiring instead of like, you know, telling I didn't you look before at it like we like giving him a moment to learn, like think about what he wants to say right like like i, I didn't get, think it was that i get I, raw emotional reaction but at the same time i'm also like man like you know maybe he had more he wanted to say but the process of going through wait he's retiring i didn't i you don't give him time I didn't read it as much as like he was being told for the first time no, i read he, it more you, as- you did you watch his reaction you're telling me he didn't just learn when they turned the film on and said, "Hey, Bird Rings." I'm gonna retired. rewatch. I'm rewatching the rewatch tweet right, it now. right now because I was under the impression when I watched it that it was like he the had been told and really was just not did not did not want to like accept it. The beginning of the video is him learning that he's retiring. We it says we all okay. The first line, Labosco. We all know that Bird Ring is going to be retiring at the end of this year. That's the, the that's the first thing the interviewer says. So we all know that Birdring is going to be retiring after the end of this year. That's what the I don't interviewer think said. He knew. I it, to me it looks like he really just didn't want to talk about it. Which also makes you think they filmed this a couple weeks ago. Like I don't think they filmed this because they still have everybody. Like Muse is still in there. Of course they filmed it a couple weeks ago. So but like, I don't think he knew. Just because he said everybody knew doesn't mean everybody knew. That's all I'm saying. You can say we all know that Bird Ring's retiring, and that could be the first time somebody's hearing it. 
Because that's the first time all of us heard it. I think it really brought forward our discussion for me of like greatest of all time last week. Mm -hmm. And I, I mean, I don't know what our, I mean, granted you have like the amount of people who are at that level is so few, but they're still so strong. It's hard to like move anybody. But bird rings in that discussion. Yeah. For one of the greatest of all time. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. 100%. And like throughout the course of the game too, because that's the thing. It wasn't like it's not like if if you want to put any sort of asterisk on the on the shock, which like is ridiculous and impossible. But if you want to try and make any sort of caveat, it's like, well, they've been really good in Overwatch League. Cool, and like, and again, as this is an unfair thing to say because like Overwatch League is the best of the best, but like Birdering has been at the top of the world playing level since Apex. Yep. For like almost for close to the entire lifetime of the game so far. Yeah, he's been playing at the highest in the highest competitions for the longest time. Mm -hmm. And I mean, you can't say you got to remember, though, too, like Stryker still competed in in Apex as well. Right. Yeah, but he wasn't like the best in the he was not at like the top of the scene during Apex is what I mean. Well, right. Well, his team wasn't as good as some of the other teams. But people forget, like, Rock's Orcas was still all right. Like, they weren't bad. Mm-hmm. Like, they were still a decent team. They had they had some players who ended up being pretty good, right? Like, Aid ended up being a decent player. Krong's still a good player. Um, Grigori was really good. Um, 9K, uh, 9K became, you know, a coach, uh, a pretty good coach as well. Like they had some decent players, um, and and they were in season four. So like like they they made it in to Apex at least for one of the seasons. Sure, they didn't mm-hmm. have the greatest showing there, but that's still competing at the top level, right? Like they, their groups, their groups was Afrika Freaks, GC Busan, and LW Rep. Like they didn't play in an easy group mm-hmm. at that time, so. It, the the fact that they were able to just get to that level still speaks for a lot. At any rate, um, it really, I think, was kind of the first big gut punch of this offseason where, like, yes, we're, we are moving out of the out of Overwatch 1 competition. Like, the Overwatch 1 era is over. Mm-hmm. It's done. Like, that, this was, I think, if you want a clearer sign, I don't know what to tell you. Like, this was... Well, Sabe, you'll be t- retiring as well, right? Like, like well, LW yeah, I mean, Blue. Like, that came afterwards as well. I'm saying like, as far as like the first big like oh, the flag first, in the ground. Yeah. Like this is like we are moving into a new era. Yeah. But but like Bird Ring, Sabe, you'll be like both. Like, like Bird Ring was at least able to get to championship games in Apex. Like LW Blue was was, you know, the 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 international choking sign, right? Mm-hmm. Like like say you'll be in dominance for teams in the regular season was something that was something a part of what like like he was he was that was something in Apex days as well. Right. And mm-hmm. it continued to carry on, unfortunately, into the league where they, they just didn't have the same postseason success as they had in the regular season. Um, But we're going to miss him. We are great. We're wonderful to be able to see him play over the past couple of years. And I really won. We don't know what's coming next for him. Um, but I'm, I think it's just like, it's 
good to celebrate somebody who had such a huge impact on the game. Yeah. Okay. And then a couple, a couple more actual retirements um, from this week as well. Um, So Philadelphia fusion is still like in a weird spot. Um, They have released a couple players officially. There are more that will become free agents soon enough. Um, So this week we got confirmation that shockwave has been released from the team. Um, and then they got confirmation that rascal and Toby are both, um, retiring to pursue coaching careers. Um, I, again, these are like the big names of the past couple of years moving into a new sphere, a new space. Um, mm-hmm. another, another solid sign, like that things are changing. I'm really interested to see how I, I think, I hope they both do well, but I think when I, I get the same vibe. I get a really good vibe from Toby as a possible coach. Um, I kind I get this, the gut feeling that I had about like the first, like kind of wave of success that Kuki had as a head coach. Mm-hmm. Um, granted that didn't work out this year, but I'm really wondering where they're going to go. I am too. It is also a bummer that like we didn't get more of like an elegant after how like emotional that birdering retirement video was, you kind of it's at the standard that I think like no other team is really gonna pursue, at least so far, as for these retirement announcements. Well, here's the thing. Uh forget teams doing these announcements, and some of these players have kind of gone on to multiple teams. Um mm-hmm. the league themselves should make an announcement. The league themselves should put out some videos. Right? Like, you're talking about players who have been pillars in your game since the beginning. In Toby, the boop god, Rascal, who, funny enough, had a lot of those competitions against Toby. Mm -hmm. In not just Apex, but also in the Overwatch League championships, right? Like, Rascal, Toby, specifically guys. Uh, Bird Ring even though he had the great video from the gladiators should still have a video by the league. Sabe Yolby should have a video by the league. Like these are all guys that should have something done for them because of what they've meant to this league, both as players, but also personalities too, right? Like, like they, they've all been pretty good personalities, especially mm-hmm. rascal. Like, come on the, the, it, it, it's really crazy to think that both Rascal and Bird Ring won't be playing anymore. Um, mm-hmm. That was quite a DPS duo. Well, there are guys time. who've there are guys who have had their like their guys who have had their careers kind of intertwined for the past, like for their whole time. Like they were together on Kongbu, and then they starred together on London before they kind of Rascal pursued other stuff. Like it's. It's a sign of the times, good sir. It is. It, it it sucks, but that's where we're at right now. And EQO, Funny Astro, and Poco. I I feel bad for Poco because like we don't know where where how he would have done this season. Really, um, by the time he finally got with the team, the season was over. So that one really sucks. Um, I think EQO kind of gets uh, and Funny Astro were both kind of screwed over by that too. So well, it, and it, they've. I, you get the sense again. We don't have any confirmation. We're only just supposing here. 
you get the sense it's the thing that they've done in the past where like they're going to test free agency, but there's a decent chance they come back. But who knows? They might not. Yep. I mean, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Uh, we'll see. I think that, that funny Astro and EQO are going to be very highly sought after. Um, Houston, please. Funny Astro's right there. Houston, go get Funny Astro, please. Houston, Houston. If you can hear me, junk buck right now, go. If you cool, Matt, if you can hear me, go get. Wouldn't be Side a bad yet. Side note, Lobo, I was talking with a friend of mine watching Overwatch League. Um, we were talking about our Hall of Fame rosters, and he put Cool Matt on there. Why? Which if you want to talk about, I don't know. If you if you want to talk about early Overwatch, like as far as like pre-Overwatch League, I can see like as far as like the significance, maybe. But if you want to just put into the Overwatch meme Hall of Fame just for the simple phrase, please kill Cool Matt, please. I mean, did the guy? I don't think the guy won any premier tournaments, though. I again, like, I, like, I, like so I just, I'm his, sorry. Oh no, I love Cool Matt. I wouldn't put him in the Hall of Fame either. But like, you saw definitely a couple people with these Hall of Fame lists that people made because, of course, Birdman retiring. Like a lot of people were discussing it. Um, you saw a lot of people kind of come out with their personal Hall of Fames, and there were people who were like very stringent. And it's like it's only these people who like have championships and it'll have been the best for like for a super long time. And then you saw other people who were like, well, these people have had a huge impact on the great on like overwatch as a game. It's like, cool. Awesome. Kariv should not be in the hall of fame. Nope. Like <laughs> it's <laughs> no, I like, uh, I'm sorry, but Leaf's still playing. So he doesn't get in the hall of fame either. Yeah. You don't put people in the hall of fame. who are still playing. Yep. It's, it's for something after they're done. Right. No, you got to do the WWE thing of your you go into the Hall of Fame and then you come back for like three more tours oh, and all of a sudden they of, introduce you as a WWE Hall of Famer. And then, the WWE Hall of Fame is stupid. Oh, it's not even a real place. It's just a, it's just a name. With, it's a web page with a couple people on it. I mean, it's still stupid. Oh yeah. <laughs> hey, um, you're the best at being at faking being good at something. Good job. Congratulations. Um, there is athleticism, good sir. But well. I'll, I didn't I say there just, wasn't athleticism, but you're still pretending to, to be the best at something for pretend. Um, you are the best at pretending to be something for pretend. Um, exactly. The uh, last big announcement of tonight, um, big bombshell that kind of dropped later on in the week. Um, San Francisco Shock have parted ways with the majority of their roster. Um, specifically, Tayo, Nero, Glister, Smurf, Ons, Twilight, and FD God. Um, couple of these are not super surprising i guess um fd god tayo um weren't he like you weren't necessarily super surprised to see them go unfortunately twilight you kind of had the impression that like it was likely they would bring him back like this whole testing free agency to come in like and then maybe make yeah. it working on another deal i mean he'd still um, might yeah i mean we've seen official goodbye posts before where people teams come back where teams come back yeah, people come back to teams, but I think EQO is the only one I've seen actually rejoin that team. Mm-hmm. Um, Nero, the other DPS ones are interesting. Ons, I guess, just feels weird because it was like a Hail Mary to get him back in. It's and not that was, like he was playing well towards the end. Like, yeah, the meta just didn't wasn't dictating that he'd play. 
It's not like I. It just feels weird because it feels like he was brought in under weird circumstances. So seeing him leave in that same spit like space is interesting. Um, what I'm most surprised by is, I mean, Nero and Glister will get home somewhere else. I'm not concerned about that. Um, the one that surprises me the most is Smurf. Mm. Not because like just to see a guy of that caliber be released from the team. Um, I definitely think like it wouldn't do him any favors to still be on that roster. I'm sure he'll get work somewhere else. At least I hope he does. But like, it's just, it's kind of, it is gut shocking to see them release him. I mean, I don't think he had as good of a year this year as we've seen him have in the past. No, I don't think so. Like, I'm just like looking. I don't think he's even on the list for um, tank power rankings, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, he did not have a year. Le- we didn't see him be as productive as we'd seen him be in years past. So I think it kind of makes sense. Like, like wrecking ball is something you would have hoped that he would have been able to play and play well. I don't remember him being anything particularly amazing on wrecking ball. Um, you know, super ended up actually playing really good on Arisa when they did play him. So, you know, one of the things he had over super, he didn't really have anymore. And then, you know, the, the only thing he played well was Winston. Mm-hmm. And even then, it's not like Super's Winston is a slouch either. It's just that Smurf has well, been like the like top guy for forever. Smurf's one of the best Winstons in the world. Yeah. But like, you can't have just that one hero anymore. Mm-hmm. The game, especially with where the game is going, you don't need a specialist like that right now. No. Uh, you, you focus on the other things you're going to need. And I think Super and Choyobin probably will do that just fine in covering everything you'll need for a tank compared to having a guy like Smurf, right? Uh, mm-hmm. You know, if, if there's like some more survivability and stuff, you know, Super can continue to improve on that and he gives you so much more on the other tanks that matter that Choyobin, you know, hasn't had the time to play that you probably go with Super over Smurf. So I'm mm-hmm. not too surprised. It's... A lot of people were really emotional about it this week. Um, There's also one, two championships with the team. Like, of course, they're going to. There was also some. um, Apparently, the graphic design team made a mistake or screwed up and did not put Glister on the actual release graphic. That was bad. That was really bad. And they apologized for it. But like. That is no like. And they made individual posts for everybody, which like, good, that's the minimum. You should do that. Like, <laughs> well, here's the thing. Like, Glister already had un- undeserved hate this year, right? Yes. Undeserved. Because, and again, in a game where they won, people were, were saying he's, he was washed. He had, a, he had a bad round. A bad. A bad round. One round. And then he dominates that, that, that 1v1, quote unquote the rest of the match, but he wasn't the talk of the town. And this is where narratives are important from every level, right? Because the narrative of Glister changed because of what was being focused on because of one headshot, Mm -hmm. maybe two. 
it makes a difference. And it sucks for Glister because he doesn't deserve any of it. I really hope we get to see him click heads next year on a on a new location. Um, I do, too, because I think he actually, as far as like people in offseason that I'd be looking to build around, he might be one of them. Um, speaking of new locations, Labosco, uh, you and I, you and I, um, thought it would be a fun exercise this week to do some roster building of our own. Actually, um, we both worked with a couple of rosters to try and, I guess, make our, make our pitches for how we might rebuild. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm going to tell you off the bat. I'm pretty sure Labosco's ones are going to be. More well thought out than mine, uh, but we'll see how this goes. Um, and so just to make this clear, we did, we went with a seven man roster. I'm um, just for the sake of the exercise, or ex- for the sake of the activity. Um, where do you think roster size is going to be like next year? Cause I think they've said that you have to have a minimum of seven minimum of seven. I think you're going to see a lot of teams meeting the minimum, maybe an extra player or two. I don't know. If we're going to get any teams getting to 12. Oh, no. If I had to bet money, I think we're seeing a lot of eight-man rosters next year. Yeah. And that's simply just to cover DPS. Um, yeah. So, would you like to go first, or would you... Who, no, you would can you go like first. To, that's fine. Okay. So, um, we both picked a team, and then we were both assigned a team. Um, For my team, I decided... I would have so I, I wanted to see what I could do with the Toronto Defiant heading into season five. Um, Toronto, a team known for completely rebuilding their roster every single freaking year, also known as a team that's willing to spend a decent amount of money each year as well. Um, mm-hmm. People forget like them bringing in Surefort was not cheap. Like there was a bidding war for Nevix that year as well, and that was not cheap. So agilities was not cheap either. Like, and granted that was two years ago, but you look back at this last year as well. They brought in like a decent amount of contenders talent. And like, that was not like, that was pretty highly regarded. We knew that the Sato contract, not, we don't know, but it was widely regarded that Sato was not a cheap pickup either. Mm -hmm. So they're, they're willing to spend some money. So we also had a discussion about this as well. We're only working with, well, the plan is to work with players that we only that we know are either f- we know for sure are free agents or that are contenders players where there is a buyout um, for the sake of the activity. I gave myself one out and I only moved him to one team. Um, Lobosco shaking his head at me right now, but the dream was too good. Lobosco. I just, I, I, the no. dream was too good. Mm, whatever. <laughs> um, so looking at Toronto, Toronto only has one guy on the roster right now. Um, Hisu, who we know hits game player, monster year on Philadelphia. Um, had like a couple spots of like struggle struggles, not even the right word. Had um kind of some just down tempo spots during the season or this year, but still had areas where he popped the heck off, especially in Hanzo. Um, really still a guy you really want to build around. Still really young as well. So when I'm looking at players that I want to build around Hisu with, um, I would like to build around if I'm Toronto and if I want to go for another rebuild strategy, mm-hmm. 
the only strategy I haven't seen Toronto rebuild with is let's bu- let's build together a team that used to be together a long time ago. Let's put together a super team of what used to be together a long time ago. Yeah. So, do you remember who Hisu's old DPS partner was, Labasco? Uh, Hisu's old DPS partner. Uh, Back when he was in when he was on so when runaway. Hisu, when he was on runaway, who was DP, Hisu's DPS partner? Was it um, was it Yaki? It was. Oh, so, okay, okay. Now I see why you. Okay, I get it. That. So my one trade for this ex, for this activity is. There's been rumors that Yaki is on the trade block. For the sake of, of it, I'm putting him out there. I want he I want Toronto to spend the bag to get Yaki. Mm-hmm. Get the get the Hisu Yaki DPS line. Um, would he be better served somewhere else? Probably. <laughs> um, but for I think it'd be fun to have this together again. For a tank for my tanks. I'm going mm-hmm. with a new I'm going with one veteran and one newer guy. My veteran is somebody who just recently got cut from a team who I think didn't really get the chance he deserved. Um, someone who we know can play the main tank roles as well. Well, the main tank heroes, former main tank heroes, as well as a lot of the off tank heroes. And has some experience with KDG. I picked up Marvell as one of my tanks. Okay. I, we know the man has some available, like, was he the best off tank in the world? No, but we know he has familiarity with those heroes. To cover more of those heroes, though, I have Fasaze. Is how I'm, I think it, I've been told it's pronounced. Okay. Um, current off to well, not current. Former off tank for Runaway, now playing on O2 Blast, team captain of the O2 Blast team, from what I've been told as well. Really, really strong off tank, especially on your your Zarya and your Diva roles. Who I think is a good guy to build around. Former runaway player, not somebody who, again, didn't necessarily match up exactly on the timeline with Hisu and Yaki. I think he's only on the team with them for about a month. But I think it fits the theme. Also, I think he's someone I'd like to build around. Is it pronounced phased or frisaze? I don't know. Apparently, when I go on Wikipedia, there's a whole paragraph about how Runner thought that like it was Fasaze, because apparently F4 is like four, the number four is pronounced a different way in the Korean. Um for my supports for Toronto. I debated which one to bring in for this, but I thought it would be more along the lines of who we've actually played with. I'm bringing them Gangnam Jin as my flex support. Okay. He's out in the market. He has it like he's part of that core. He was part of that core. Um, I think somebody who, from what I remember, I haven't checked the stats. Somebody who still like test, who still played at a very high level, even though it was kind of, it was a down season for Florida mayhem for the main support. I know there's no way in the world. I'm getting Lee J gone. Like no way in the freaking world. I'm getting Lee J gone. Obviously. So, I decided I want to get somebody who has a little bit of experience with Gangnam Jin and I put slime in there and I wasn't sure who else to put in for my other, my seventh. I figured I know slime is, has been mostly a Lucio player. I don't know um, a lot of the other runaway main supports. So I went with um, Chio 
who again, former runaway player, now an O2 blast as my other main support for this team. So we're going, we're going with the partial runaway rebuild for this one. You're, you're dipping hard into contenders here too. Mm-hmm. Okay. Thoughts, questions, concerns. Um, you're going to, ha- the, the only thing is, is I feel like you're cheating by doing a trade, but whatever, you know, it, I don't think you've put to, I, I feel like you've put together a decent roster here. Um, they definitely have the potential to be a playoff team. Now, whether they're going to do well in, in the, the quarterly tournaments, eh, maybe, um, mm. but I don't know. I think that there's so many other strong teams. I think this would probably be like middle of the pack, but upper middle. Mm-hmm. is my guess i don't know I, I they definitely have like potential to maybe be higher it's hard to say i i, I think that there's some rosters that are going to be really tough to compete with especially in 5v5 so oh especially as we as we pare down rosters to where it's literally just the best of the best across the entire league that are yeah. like currently in rosters i yeah for sure but, I, right, but I think it's a good one and there's like a lot of potential and room for that team to grow so labosco what team did you what team are you starting out with this evening? Um, so I'm going to start off with the one that you kind of wanted me to do, which is the Philadelphia Fusion, right? So yes, the Fusion, to me, they got two players, right, basically, that we're going to build around. Um, they have more players on their team, but I don't care. Uh, Carpe and Alarm are the only two that matter. So that's who we're building around, okay? Um, I think we'll maybe keep Hotba. Is I think that five v five actually might uh, might uh, actually do him some good. Uh, I think it might be something that that actually can be a benefit to him. So we'll probably keep Hotba for the tank position. The tank tanks as far as like what's available right now, unless you're dipping in and grabbing somebody who's in contenders. Like there's nothing like crazy out there as far as tanks, anyways. And it's a role that's changing so much. It's really hard to know like who to pick right now. So Hotba, I think, is pretty good to put right there. Uh, I think that's that's at least like a good one to and, and we're going with who's available, right? Th- that was my thought process. So so my two rosters might have a lot of similarities, but listen, when strikers available and you need somebody to put alongside of Carpe and now you don't have to ever see Carpe play Tracer again. And you're, your Tucker, who we know will throw the bag as well. Tucker will spend the money. Like you're getting Striker, and you're giving you're giving Carpe the best DPS player of Overwatch one, right? Mm-hmm. The only guy who has the the only person in the conversation with Striker is probably Carpe and probably Bird Ray, right? Like who else are you putting in that as the best Overwatch one player? And Profit, Profit as well. Can't forget Profit. We've kind of forgot Profit the other week. I don't want to forget him here. I put um, Fleta in there as well, but like Fleta's not going. We know Fleta's not going anywhere, right? Fleta, you can put in that conversation as well. So, Striker, Striker is who you pair him up with, right? Now you have like what hero can they those two not play? You know, th- there's mm-hmm. there's not much. Uh, and then now for the guy who maybe kind of fill can fill in that hole and would be your bench player, uh, Nero. Nero would would fill out. You're talking about a three headed monster that I think would scare anybody, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Nero still had a good season. Um, I think that he makes a lot of sense to put on this roster. I think he'd be a really good fit. He's played in mixed rosters before, played in one last year and and in years prior. I think he could be a very good fit 
for a team like this. So he's one of my bench guys, but, you know, he'll probably get in depending on what things are going on. I'm bringing Funny Astro back. I don't care that he's not on the team currently right now. You're bringing him back. You're talking about one of the best main supports out there. He had a shortened season last year. I think that he would have gotten better with time, uh, even better than what he was. So Funny Astro is going to be my main support. He's played a lot with Alarm as well. Why are you going to break up that synergy? Um, Brigitte is not going to be the important character she was, it seems like, in 5v5 as well. That benefits Funny Astro. That's why I'm going with him. And now I think what I get one more player that I can put on this roster, right? Because yeah. Carpe Alarm, Hotpa. So th- th- this is where it gets a little bit more difficult, right? Because I-, I don't think you really need any more as far as um, DPS. Like you could throw maybe somebody in there because there's a lot of good available DPS in my mind. I think it's the position where you have the most. But uh, relying just on Hotpa kind of scares me. So mm. I think what we're going to do is we're going to grab and this was this was the the toughest one. Um I think I'm going to grab Marvel because I think that he he covers a lot and, and can even play some of the stuff that Hoppa can. Um I think he would be a decent choice here. Um I I was really having a tough t- time because it was like him, Michelle, and then maybe Smurf, right? L- mm-hmm. Like th- there was really it, it was really hard to to sort of pick for that. But that's the way that I went for this team. Um, I think this is a team that can compete for a championship if this is what they were to do for Philadelphia. I think so. I mean, you don't I don't see any holes in here, especially like with Nero kind of filling in that third DPS role. Your projectiles are covered. Carpe can focus on his long range, longer range hit scan while you have striker on more of the flick scan stuff. Mm-hmm. We know I honestly Astro Astro and Alarm were the best support duo in the world in 2020. Yeah. Um, if they, they didn't get were to play able each to, other, yeah. If they were able to play with each other more consistently, I would have expected them to be either in that spot or right next to that spot again this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're big fans of Marvel on this podcast, but I genuinely think that that guy still has a lot to prove. He does. I, I think Tank is the hardest position to do for this sort of exercise because Tank is the position that's changing the most because it's no longer yeah. main Tank off Tank. It's Tank. So, I, I figured okay. What's going to give me some flexibility here and to sort of cover things that Hoppa probably can't do, right? Like, like Hoppa, like aggression wise, I think fits with what this roster constructed with how I've constructed it, I think could be really good, right? But I want somebody who who has the ability to do more than just that and also maybe can play a little bit of a different style. That's why I went with Marvell. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Michelle could have been a good choice here as well because Michelle has shown ability to play other heroes and stuff in the past. So like Michelle could have been a decent choice here. Um, I was thinking about Smurf, but Smurf's just too, too narrow of a, a hero pool to really fit in with, with the constraints of what I wanted to do with the other parts of the team. Like say I had one more roster spot, maybe then I would pick Smurf. Mm -hmm. Um, But who says Smurf wants to be in that position anyway? Smurf might be looking to go somewhere and be be a starter. I don't even know if he'd be a starter on this team. Yeah. No, I definitely get you. I think that, like, this is a solid roster. This is a championship-level roster. I also feel like there's a lot of players that I left off the roster that could have been on this roster and could have made it, you know, could have been, like, good thoughts for for certain positions, but we kind of already had some stuff filled. Mm -hmm. I agree. I like it. 
I still I was telling you before, I still have a hard time not pronouncing Marvel as Marv One. Just because that that's how <laughs> they always refer to him on the on a vast like Twitch chat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Makes sense. Alrighty, so I for my I um I was tasked with rebuilding the San Francisco Shock um for season four, five of the Overwatch League. Um and when you're looking at a core to rebuild around, it's really hard to find a better core to build around than Super Violet and Choyo Ben. Uh Hall of Famers when they're done. Yes. All of them. Um there's few holes you have with those guys. Um yeah. <laughs> literally two of them are probably in the top 5 of that position all time. Yeah. I mean, two of them are honestly like we talked about them. Troyobin and Violet I think are the best of all time for our like in our opinions. So like it's you cannot I don't think you can do better than that. So those guys are returning. Um I have to. I'm putting Striker as my first add on this team because I have to imagine he goes back. I don't. I, I'm sure plenty of other teams will be will be bidding to get him, but I I definitely. If you thought Shock were hungry last year, I think there's almost a desperation hunger that's going to come up from this team this year. Like we need to like the ship needs to be righted. And again, it's not like there's like when you look at it, the only thing they didn't do was win a championship. They were fourth. They had like a crazy good record. Last year, and for any other team, last year would have been a successful season. But when you're the shock and you're you and your goal every single year is to dominate and win the championship, yeah. Of course, the the, the connotation that anything else is going to be is not going to be enough. Hundred mm-hmm. percent. So I have striker coming back. Um, I thought about who else to put on for my other DPS player. Um, I wasn't a hundred percent sure. Um. I was really interested in Happy for a little bit. Um, Happy did put out that he was a free agent today, which yep. surprised the heck out of me and, and irritated me a lot as a Houston <laughs> fan. But what am I not irritated at that freaking team? True. Um, I went with Shockwave. Shockwave is somebody who I think is is really moldable, really buildable. The dude has a crazy freaking wide hero pool. We saw him play all of the projectile heroes for Vancouver and look really good at them. We saw him play the widow as well. Um, we saw him play the tracer as well, which again, you're going to put striker on the tracer, but like if you need to run tracer Sombra, that's also a strong, you're not sacrificing near as much by running him on either of those two heroes plays the echo really well. Um, I really, I want to see Stri- shockwave and striker as a DPS duo. Um, if I can get the main support of my choice, I am also going funny Astro. Cause for my money, he's the best guy on the market, at least publicly right now. Right. Um, you're, I'm putting the money out there to get funny Astro. I am out outside of this game. I'm really interested to see who they bring in for main support next year. Um, well, I, I'm just, I'm curious a lot. So funny Astro. Um, and then, with where this team is headed, we know that flex support has double flex support has been a very big strategy that this team has worked with in the past. Um, so I'm actually going to get another support as somebody who they can mold and put together. Cause I don't know how long again, th- baiting about whether or not he's going to be here next year. I, Oh, it's already, wow. We're already this far in the episode. I put Myunbong as my last pickup for this team. Um, I want to see what Cressy can do with building this guy to be the flex support of the future for this team. 
I definitely think he is talent level to where he could be like an elite, elite flex support if given the right resources. So I want to see what we, I want to see what Cressy can do. So, so what happens with Violet then? Violet's still your, Violet is your starter. I want to see if they go into the situation where we, we need double flex support. Okay. I would much rather have a guy back there ready than trying to flex somebody like whatever main support we end up going with. And funny Astro has done fine in the past, but I would way rather have a dedicated flex support to take that over. Okay. Thoughts, concerns. Um, I think that it's you, you have such a good base here. Um, it's hard to not get this right. Right. Especially if you get striker back. Right. Um, I, I think that this is sort of just ch- kind of giving a, a little bit of a change up to sort of a similar roster we've already seen from them, which is maybe mm-hmm. what they need. So, uh, and if you're funny Astro and like you have the option to play with, with Violet, like you're talking about a guy as far as like similarities to, to alarm, it's gotta be one of the closest ones. And as far as the talent wise, like you're not you're not getting a drop off in talent there either. So, like, I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, and like I said, the tank thing is still so hard. Um, you know, you, you got super. So, you you know, you got part of your hero pool covered. Like, I think this is fine. I think this is going to work out well. Um, you have three future Hall of Famers on your roster. Like, it's hard to get this wrong. I'm feeling good about it. But Lobosco, you have our last team of the evening. Yeah, and I picked Boston. This was this is the one I kind of wanted to do. And now there was a reason why I wanted to do this. All right. Boston's kind of, you know, there might be more players that go from the roster. But as of right now, we've got Punk, Faith, Valentine, and Gabulsi, right? All still currently mm-hmm. on the roster, right? I, I, I'm, I'm right in, in thinking that, right? All those players are technically under contract as of right now, correct? Yes. Um, so we're going under that assumption. Um, and part of me wants to just dump everybody and just start fresh with Boston because um, Boston has done that in the past before. Uh, mm-hmm. But also because of like everybody I wanted to put on this team, but, but we'll, we'll, we'll keep those players on. All right. I think Punk and Gabolsi, Um the, the problem with those two is like their hero pools are so similar for tanks. Yeah. Um, but part of me also doesn't want to waste uh, a roster spot on a third tank. So we'll just leave those two as our tanks, okay? Uh, it, it handcuffs me a little bit here. Um, but we'll take it. We'll, we'll, we'll take it, okay? Uh, Valentine is our rookie DPS. It, he's still under contract, technically. Uh, again, we're kind of dealing with what we have here. Um, and then Faith is is going to probably be our main support, right? Um, we're kind of just stuck with that. Which is okay, because when you pair him with Jonak, you know, you're you're probably in a pretty good spot, anyways. Mm-hmm. I, I had a really tough time here between Jonak and Twilight. Um, if I could have both, I would. Uh, I kind of went with Jonak because the 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 potential of both of these guys is so high. But I think uh, the the flex support stuff where where Jonak kind of thrives in might be what matters more as far as five v five. So so I went with Jonak. Um, gotcha. but it was a toss up between him and t- twilight. I think people forget how good twilight is. Um, mm-hmm. but, but still, so, so we've got our support position. We, we've got two tanks. Um, now it's time to talk DPS, right? So Valentine is one. Listen, if there's a th- story that could be such a great one 
and get rid of the striker curse, it would be bringing striker back to Boston. Right? Like you talk about a way team hasn't been the same after striker mm-hmm. left and crusty too, obviously, but, but still crusty is you'd have to, there is an iron grip on him in San Francisco. You're not going to be able to pry him away. So yeah. you bring back striker. Okay. So striker and Valentine, I think that could be a pretty good DPS duo, but I still am not done. All right. I want to make Stryker a little bit more comfortable here. I want to give him somebody that he's played a lot with, won a championship with even, and he's a free agent in odds. Because I also think Jeez. that covers a large part of what, you know, maybe Valentine and Stryker can't necessarily do. You bring Ons in. So I think that your starters end up probably being Stryker and Ons, depending on what the, the meta is. And then you have Valentine in his second year, and now he gets to play with two of the best DPS players to ever do it. Um, mm. I, there, there was it, part of me kind of wishes I could get grab like a, a, a Nero instead of Valentine here, because I think as far as like what I would need from hero pools, somebody like that would fit a little bit better. But how many Neros are there? And, mm-hmm. and I've already got two. I have to have seven. I'd rather have Ons and Striker um, because of their familiarity. And then sort of let Valentine sort of fill the holes where he where he can. So I, I think that this could be a very good roster. Um, again, I feel a little handcuffed here. I don't think it's as good as it could have been because I couldn't kind of do some other things because I got stuck with two tanks. Because if I had that extra bench spot. And I'd probably. I'd probably get rid of Gabolsi because he played OK, but Punk seems to be able to do a little bit. more. Um, yeah. I probably would have picked up a Nero or somebody and give me a fourth DPS, you know, or, or, or just get rid of Valentine for Nero. Um, I, I would probably be okay with that. Um, obviously you're lacking in people who have experienced playing main tank stuff, which kind of hurts a little bit, but at the same time, tank is changing so much. I, I think that punk and Gabolsi are kind of talented. I think that can kind of cover it out. So I, I'm, I'm excited for a roster like this. Um, I'd also probably boot faith for funny Astro because funny Astro is just that good. But again, I'm going with what I had to here. And I think the way that I've constructed this, this is a there's potential in this roster. I think so, especially when you have like one of the greatest of all time. When you have two all time greats at support, I think that definitely helps as well. The return, right? (laughs) The return of striker. Talk about a great storyline if that were to happen. We talk about like stuff that would break, like that that breaks Overwatch League Twitter. Striker going back to Boston would 100% shatter Overwatch League Twitter. Exactly. For so many reasons. All righty. Well, we got to wrap up. We're at the end of a long episode. So thanks for hanging out with us. Let us know what you thought of our roster, of our roster creations. If you think any of them have an actual shot at winning an Overwatch League championship, we'd love to talk about it with you on Twitter at push points pod um no stream tonight we had some issues with um we just had some um technical issues before the show so yeah um, um th- there was the the whole breach and and like stream keys have been coming out a little bit slower so you know yeah take some time um going forward i think we're gonna be gone for from what lobo and i've talked about i think we're gonna go back to the month off schedule where we take we're only here at the beginning of the month um it makes sense just for content wise, better to get everything in a big chunk rather than the drip feed of new stuff every single week. Maybe we go one more week though. Cause I feel like we might still get a lot of news this next week. 
We'll have to judge it based on like yeah. what comes out. Um, I will say we'll be putting out an announcement for game night as far as actual days later on this week, hopefully. Um, I've been trying, I really want to plan one. My issue is that I have been gone every single Saturday for the past like month and a half. So I do want to make it happen. We're work, we're gonna be reaching out to the people in our Discord at discord.me slash mash those buttons. Um, as far as getting stuff together, because I know there's definitely interest and we definitely want to see everybody in there again. So Hold on. Um, keep your ears open. Uh, we'll get more info out for that. But in the meantime, thanks for listening to episode 123 of Push the Point. Um, if you want to help us out, please leave us a review on iTunes. Um, let's us know what you guys like about the show, what we can make better, and what we can what we can plus and just what we can do to make the show better. We always appreciate it. Mm-hmm. And like you heard Ramsey say already, Discord, um, patreon.com slash mash those guttons. Patreon.com slash mash those buttons. I don't know. I can't talk today, but if you want to support the network, little is a dollar a month and you get access to Patreon exclusive content. Uh, Really pay attention to the Twitter at pushpoint POD because that's where we'll keep you updated if we are going to go for this next week or not. Otherwise, like he said, monthly is what we'll be doing. Uh, If you have a problem with that, you can email us something long form push the point at gmail.com. And that's where we'll get your dissertation on why it's a bad idea for us to do that. So you can go ahead and do that. Um, yeah. Yes, sir. All righty. You can follow Labosco on Twitter at Labosco. You can find me on Twitter at Ramsey's underscore OW. And like we said, follow us on Twitter at Pushpoint POD. We appreciate it. Thanks for hanging out with us. We will. You'll hear from us soon about we'll probably end up popping in for a little bit next week just to see. Um, I imagine there'll be more signings or stuff to start next week as well. Maybe we'll still do like Twitch stuff, too. Mm-hmm. And, you know, our usual Sunday night tw- Twitch hits, um, even if we don't do like a full episode or something just to do something, you know, just to hang out and have fun. Yeah. Even if it is us just trying to play New World for a little bit. So we'll yeah. see. Alrighty, thanks you guys for hanging out for episode 123 of Push the Point. And as always, stay healthy, stay safe. We'll see you next week. Have a good one. Thanks for listening to a Mash Those Buttons production. If you enjoyed the show, you should check out MashThoseButtons.com and see if any of our other shows might interest you. All of our shows are available on your podcast platform of choice like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more. If you enjoy our content, you can help support Mash Those Buttons by becoming a patron at Patreon.com slash MashThoseButtons, where you can receive Patreon bonuses for as little as $1 a month. You can connect with Mash Those Buttons at twitter.com slash the Mash Network, facebook.com slash mash those buttons, or join our Discord at mash.gg slash Discord. 